Hello and welcome to the Mystic Cast, where you join me, Jack Stafford, a student of metaphysics, as I talk to a variety of guests to better understand the teachings given by the Masters through the Aetherius Society, the cosmic religion for the Aquarian Age, incorporating all yoga's Christian mysticism, theosophy, UFOs, and much, much more. Please note that this is an independent program not produced or fact-checked by the Aetherius Society. Today, my guest is the writer, Paul Young. Hello, Paul. Morning, Jack. Thanks for having me on. I'm good. So it's evening for you. You're in Australia. It is. Night, night time has started. Wow. Um, yeah. Now, I is hate it... to tell you this, but we're having video problems here already uh, with the flash. Um, okay. Shall we just put on? Yeah, let's continue. We'll just use audio oh. because, uh, Okay. Well, like I said, I think you're just pumping out too much power here and it's, it is too much. I think I am. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks so much for agreeing to chat to me. I know you from your writings in the New Dawn magazine from some uh, archive issues I was reading. Yeah. Uh, so you've been active in the, what do we say, the alternative space for quite a few years? I, I have, yes. Um, yeah, there's three different ways. Uh, alternative space, uh, paranormal, mysticism. I suppose mm -hmm. mystic, mysticism was what's drawn me a lot throughout my life, yeah. Mysticism, yeah, yeah, same here. Metaphysics, is, yeah, the, the reality is probably a good way to say it too. It is. That's that's yeah. a very good word. Yeah, <laughs> not the, the materialistic prison, which is everything else. Uh, that's right. Um, Peter Kingsley wrote a good book called Reality. I don't know if you've read that. No, um, I haven't read that. Okay. Uh, no, let's stop like this. We're talking about Peter Kingsley right now. Yeah. You, you did send me, uh, you did send me over the last week or so some information on that serious. And I believe I had it confused with something else when, when we first talked. But uh, so, so thank you for sending that. And I see a lot of things, especially in the eight blessings, um, very strong parallels with Kosology with the American group. Yeah. Yeah. So, I really uh, want to talk to you about that. Yeah. It's very interesting how these, um, you know, it's a, it's the blind. I always think of that parable of the blind men and the elephant. You know, these have different parts of the truth, and they're all feeling different parts of the ele elephant. And uh, when I came into sort of mysticism and and um, uh, yeah, metaphysics, and as we said before, reality, and yeah, I came to the conclusion that it was kind of all true. All these ancient religions, like the worshiping of the sun, is true, and and uh, yeah. All these, all these strange things that you would like ghosts or, or the afterlife or all these things that I dismissed before everything was kind of, was all based on truth because people, people's beliefs are based on experience now and what they, what they believe, but they have to be backed up by, by experience. I found. Exactly. I, I lean a lot towards mythology, uh, whether it's from Egypt, but even the ancient Greeks, which these days is just completely dismissed as being parables, uh, fairy tales, but I, I think there's something more with some of these great beings who existed on, and we still have stories about them, whether it's from Egypt or Greece. Um, yeah, that does a lot. And I also noticed, um, just mentioned, did you use the word worship with son? I was reading something from George King and very much lines Gotology that what we do is not worshiping the son, but it's if uh, some people find a devotion to the sun, a connection with the sun is probably the best putting it. Yeah. But not worship because people immediately think, oh, it's like worshiping pagan gods, but really not that kind of thing at all when you're mm. connected with the sun. Yeah. Yeah, I was reading on the website it says for us the sun is an intermediary 
between what's within all of us and higher dimensions. This is on the Cosology International. Oh, you've been having a look website. at their site. Yeah. I have, yeah, okay. yeah. So maybe you could just like you know start the conversation, tell us a bit about that and how you got into it, Cosology. Okay. Uh, well, mainly I got into it because uh, New Dawn published a, an article, and um, if you know, it was started by Gene Savoy, Cosology on then, on um, uh, Gene Savoy Senior. And he passed away about 12 years ago, and his two sons took over, which was Dean Jr. And then um, Sean. Now, they did an interview with Sean Savoy in New Dawn. And um, when I read it, I thought, wow, this, this has a lot. There's a lot in there that is backing me, if that's the right word. Uh, so I got in touch with them. I ended up talking to um, Sean Savoy over Zoom, just like down now. And uh, he invited me to join. Uh, unfortunately, by the time I got to a conference of theirs in America, in, uh, in Nevada, in 2019, the two brothers had had a falling out, and the elder brother actually ejected Sean right out of the whole organization, um, which made it a bit funny because um, I spoke to Sean after that, and he and I both agreed that it should have been two distinct avenues. One is the religion, and one is just, I won't say the scientific, but the practical methods of looking at the sun, absorbing the sun. And, um, but now it has, since it kicked Sean out, it's really become very much oh, just the religion. And um, I don't want you to think I'm anti-religion, but it's, there's a couple of things in there that I couldn't quite click with. Uh, but actually, while I was in the States in 2019, they ordained me, even though I was really qualified sufficiently, um, and asked me would I become representative in Australia. And the reason I've sort of let things lapse to a certain degree is because I wouldn't feel right about being the representative of the country if I didn't fully agree with their religious principles. And there's just a couple of things in there that I can't quite click with. So we, we're not on bad terms. Um, I haven't had a falling out, but I've just sort of put it on the back burner, so to speak. Wow. Uh, so who was Gene Savoy, the original? He was kind of an explorer well, well, guy. Yeah, he was an explorer. Um, he did a lot of exploring in Peru and South America in general, but um, searched for a town, a city for a long time called Vilcabamba, which is a lost city, which he eventually found. Um, and he did a lot of things like he, he tried he tried to uh, copy the Mapoids of Thor Heidel. He, In fact, I've got one of his books and I watched a whole video about his, his traveling on a raft to prove or the Viracocha in the old days traveled around between the continents. And he also perhaps traveled between New Zealand and, and the eastern side of the Americas. So he was really an adventurer. When he was younger, he tried to enter the seminary and become a priest, but left for whatever reason. And of course, ended up starting his own religion. So um, look, there's an awful lot of his life. I, I admired the man. I wish I'd met him, unfortunately. It passed away before I got over there. Um, I should just say, Jack, by the way, I'm every now and then just clicking on the camera uh, and it comes good. And when it flashes, I turn it off again. Is that all right with you? Um, I probably just won't use a video because, yeah. I'll just, just leave it right off? Okay. I think so, yeah. Switching because... on and off and off. I don't want to be um, distracting you as we talk. Yeah. Okay. No, no, don't worry about it. Okay, yeah, so that's interesting. Yeah, and going back to what you said before, is like... Uh 
all the ancient religions like worshipping the sun and people that worship the christians said there's only one true god and then other people say there's many gods and in the ethereum yeah. society it's the it's that it's both both true because there is the one god but there are also many levels of evolution and and to the sun is okay. a god to god to us that's exactly what i believe and uh, of course there's the god with the capital g and then there's a small g god by well um it's there's so much uh so many uh there's a minefield is what i want to say in terminology because there's so many different groups i've explored use different terms for the same idea mm. but that basically i don't think I'm a pagan by um, thinking some of those pantheons of gods might have actually been beings. Uh, and if, if while we're on that subject, back if I can say one thing that I'm very interested about with the Aetherius Society is that uh, oh, the idea of other dimensions as opposed to the flesh and blood. I, now, I, I've got to admit that I am a big fan of the television show called Ancient Aliens. I don't know if you ever watched that. I haven't, um, but I've, I've heard of it, of course, yeah. I, I go on History Channel here, and, and I love it, and when it's on. But the thing is that they keep pushing the idea that uh, UFOs and ETs must be flesh and blood. And I, I guess they do that to make it more palatable for people who might not otherwise believe. But uh, it's only in more, some of their later episodes, they start taking on board the fact that they could be ultra-dimensional rather than just interplanetary beings and uh i think this whole idea uh, i also like the fact that george king talked about beings on other planets which so many people are saying now um it seems like the idea is coming into the greater awareness that uh we think oh that you, you can't live on venus or mars because you'd have to be able to breathe oxygen there's no oxygen there well of course you're from different frequency beings of different dimensions have that true. so uh so I, I'm, I'm drawn more, and I, I will be delving further into the theories. Um, oh, great. Sure, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting you talk about that, because when, that's when I came into the society, it kind of answered all my questions, because, uh, you know, ghosts, and, you know, where do you go when you die, and what about UFOs, you know. Dr. King had said something interesting when he was a child, the teachers, uh, somebody's, they said to him that none of the other planets are inhabited, you know, but then he said, well, why, why did God make them? Uh, yes, okay. Yeah, what are they there for? If there's, you know, if you go to the highest mountain on our planet, you see there's tiny life forms. If you go to the bottom of the ocean, there's, there's there's life forms. Every square inch of Earth, there is life. So to think that on the other worlds, there is no life is just, doesn't really stand up to examination, does it, to logic. No, no, and uh, I I did just recall this afternoon while looking through things. Uh, I had written a blog a few years ago, and I, I wouldn't even know where to find it right now. Um, connecting, I'm not good at quote, quoting uh, verses from the Bible, so I'm not going to write it. But a, mm -hmm. a lot of somebody else had pointed out it was Jesus was said to have come from the morning star, yeah, gone back to the morning star and the evening star, and and if I that wouldn't really help if I was to quote verses where that's said in the Bible. But th there's a connection between Jesus and Venus right there. Um, that's yeah, good you picked so, up on that. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and the yeah, star, and, of, and, yeah, star of Bethlehem, you know, the, 
the U the Bible is a UFO book. Well, well, yes. I, I, there's another Bible I'd rather not get too involved in. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think, but I find Genesis is is interesting because you can match it as our, our what was the man who wrote Thanatex? Um, oh, oh, yeah, I'm having one of those uh, problems with names today. Um, I'll Google it. Yeah, yeah that uh, yeah that that the twelfth planet. Um, or not not von Daniken, but the other main one. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's in the society too. They say there is it. It's there behind the sun is another planet, a younger planet that we will go to to continue our evolution because uh, we came from Maldek, which was just uh, was the asteroid belt now because we destroyed it, and then yeah. we had so because if you look at there's a have you heard of Bode's law about the distance from the distance from the sun of all the planets that they're in at, at, at right uh, yes yep regular intervals and uh yeah there's there's a missing one and that's now the asteroid belt uh, exactly and that's why they scientists say they predict it's there but they can't see it uh, i do i do communicate regularly with a man called damal schreiner um i don't have his name no. uh he's an astrophysicist and uh stationed in the university in budapest of all places um but uh he and I communicate regularly, and I, I helped him publish an article in the Nexus magazine three years ago. Uh, but he 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 believes very strongly in that extra planet. That mm. but he he goes along with um, and whose name I'm just gave me. I should run to my bookshelf and pull one of the books out. Um, that that it, it will get closer to us in a couple of years, and we will, we will see it. In fact, he even predicts it may turn out to be a brown dwarf. Right? Planet. Second up, other possibilities of small planets going around it. But uh, at this stage, it hasn't been located by telescopes. So um, it's just conjecture both by scientists and, uh, and by people in the paranormal <laughs> societies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's where we'll go to when, um, according to the teachings, when, um, because the Earth has taken her primary initiation ha halfway through her life, she gets. Um, primary initiation and that happened in uh on july the 8th um 19 1964 i think um okay and so she has to go to to take her initiation she has to go to a higher frequency and so we have to vacate because we came in after we destroyed maldek we came here um and she she going back to what you're talking about the realms she had to create these realms the physical realm the before we came here, there was Adamic man here, and their their root chakra was the heart chakra. So they all the realm because each realm is a, each chakra is a realm of consciousness. So when you people talk about astral projection, they leave the body through each through a chakra and they go to because all the other planes of existence, like when you go between life the life between lives, you we exist right here, but just a different frequency. And so each chakra, right. and so yep. so that so Adamic man who was here before they didn't have like a digestive organs and uh, reproductive organs. They just had they had they had an etheric uh, interior, um, and so we have all these physical organs below the uh, heart chakra because of we're more involved in our root chakra, and so. Um, but yeah, like I said, when I joined the society, that helped me understand that. Uh, 
because when you go to Venus now, there's nothing there because they're at a higher frequency. They're at a higher chakra. They're higher. They don't inhabit this low level that we are on. So you go there, there's nobody there. Well, well the, there is the other point that I also uh, picked up on. I blogged about the scientists last year said they worked out that if there was life on Venus, it would exist about 40 kilometers above the surface because that's, that would be the best part. And I thought, well, perhaps uh, in, in my mind, I don't think everything would have to be bound on the, on the hard physical surface. Or uh, I think there's still a lot they don't know about Venus actually, but, uh, but, but it's interesting. They said it would be more chance of life just being around, around yeah, 40 kilometers above rather than right down on the surface. Yeah. Because there's all this dark matter and dark energy they can't find because it's at a different frequency. It's right there at the same, occupies the same space, but it's just, it's like a radio. You know, you turn to a different frequency, you get a different channel. It's, it's the rel, it's the, uh, the spectrums of light, isn't it? It's every, each, each yeah. ray of light is a different frequency and different. And we inhabit this. We can only see a very limited range of colors. I think there's about three. Very limited, very limited. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There are many more colors that we can't see and that there are a different, uh, frequencies of existence. Yes, I, I saw a comparison once that if you did uh, something the width of the United States or Australia, that band of Australia that you and I can see would only be like a couple of meters along the center of it, and all the rest is they're going from in, infrared in one direction, ultraviolet in the others, into down waves. Yeah, so really our five senses of the human body don't give us much information as we'd like, yeah. So what's the sun gazing in the uh, cosology? Well, okay. Um, now, here's another thing. that When I first joined them, I said to myself, there is no way I'm going to be someday gazing because I'll injure my eyes. Well, mm. one, of, one of my, I grew up in Melbourne, which is a thousand miles from where I am now. And one of my schoolmates, like people up with, had been doing sun gazing and said, uh, he said, you should try it. Um, so I, I did start doing it when I joined it because it's really essential if you're going to do the exercises. I'm not talking about the religious side of consolidity here, but I had the practical exercises they give you, you really need to absorb the sun. Now, I found after a while I was doing it correctly, I was staring right at the sun. Uh, well, you're not really supposed to. You're supposed to sort of put your eyes down and let it come from, uh, into the top of the eye. Uh, and I haven't had any eye damage, which is interesting. I make sure I get my eyes checked at least once, once a year. And uh, my eyes are still very good, so, so except for reading, having reading glasses. So as far as I can tell, I've never done any damage, even for the times I was doing it incorrectly. Uh, but the idea is that, that you're absorbing uh, certain rays uh, and other properties of the sun that you wouldn't normally get. And that they say the best times you are out at sunrise and sunset. Oh, yeah. Uh, particularly sunrise, yeah. I like you shouldn't really be standing at it midday staring directly up at the sun. Um, but, you know, I, I felt I gained a lot of benefit out of coastology, but you always, whenever I write about it, when they write about it, you always have to add the caveat. People read them and think, oh, I'll go and look at the sun. Oh, you have to say, be, be careful. Don't go out and look at the sun without the right instruction on how to do it. Uh, and, and be careful how you do it. So I, to anyone listening to you now, I certainly don't advocate just going from scratch straight out staring at the sun 
but for people who want to take up, there are websites where, um, and, and it comes into yoga. Now there's a particular kind of yoga. Is it called Gaia? Gayatra? Now I'm having, like, having trouble with my memory today. Um, Gayatra mantras or something like that, uh, particularly from India about yeah, something like Gayantra, yeah. But uh, oh, again, I don't have the right word there. But um, yeah, so there's, there's certain methods you should use and mm. and attuning yourself using mantras is not a bad way to do it. Um, I must confess to being fairly ignorant with yoga and I see that George King, the anotherist, promotes certain kinds of yoga uh, just because I'm in bad physical conditions after. After a fairly bad accident, I always thought I can't do yoga. But mm -hmm. um, I guess, and I've seen some positions George King got himself into, and I wouldn't like the tempos. But there are types of yoga out there where you don't have to support oh, yeah, yourself. Yeah, it's, it's pranayama and uh, mantra, basically. We don't do any physical yeah. yoga. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. No, no. He said you should, you should do exercise to stay healthy, but uh, no, it's all pranayama yeah. and mantra and prayer. Okay. Well. Yeah. Well, what's something else I'll investigate for others? Yes. Yeah. Let's yeah. see. Just to finish off what you were saying, I remember what you were saying reminded me of a uh, something that came out in November last year. You know, science is always catching up, catching up, catching up with the metaphysicians. Is that uh, there was a scientist, Dr. Mohammed Munib Khan, from one of the UK's leading specialists in cancer. He said that just thirty seconds of sunlight every morning could slash your the chances of developing most types of cancer exposure to the sun's near infrared light between sunrise and 9am offers high level of protection to adults and children more than eating two and a half thousand bananas or a kilo of brazil nuts every day okay um well well yeah so of course the other thing is uh vitamin d you get you get from the sun mm. and uh because there's such a scare campaign that well I, I don't know about where you live, but here in Australia, um, now I, full disclosure, I've had a melanoma in my life I, and I've had very tough skin cancers besides melanoma and they call Queensland where I live, the melanoma capital of the world. Oh, really? Well, wow. uh, but the thing is, it's caused a bit of a scare campaign now where people, where they live on the Gold Coast, people used to lie down at the beach in Suntan and now they're walking around fully clothed with some hats and sunglasses mm. and declaring the sun to be a bad thing. Now there's got to be a happy medium in there where if you get out even for 20 minutes a day, mid morning, for example, uh, you'll absorb the vitamin B that you need. Um, and that, that, that in turn activates other things in your body, um, mm. particularly calcium doesn't break properly if you're not getting vitamin D. So this, I read something just in the newspaper here again the other day where the victim of um, skin cancer was declaring the sun to be bad, like enemy number one. And I think, well, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. You know, it's really not right, really the way to be talking about the sun. No. We are, we are solidified sunlight. Everything, everything we are, we don't even own a fingernail. Can't claim well, anything because we're just solidified light. Uh, funny enough, I made a note of that when I was going through your notes on I'm one of those note takers. I've got people over my desk here. But, um, it's a, so then if I, because what's been going through my mind lately is, um, yeah, we use the term lot spirit energy and I see the dog King used it, lots of Christians use it. And yet some, 
something beyond is matter, there's energy, then there's something else. And I've been reading up recently, like, it's probably what you call a force. Um, I'm not talking about may the force be with you, or may, maybe, mm. maybe that's where that came from. But like magnetism is a force rather than, than an energy. Uh, so we know how to convert matter into energy. That's how we generate electricity. But converting energy back into matter is, is problematical, which has had me wondering if there were beings in other dimensions who were able to materialize and we could see them. There must be a way of converting manager, uh, converting energy into matter. But, but it's not an easy question. I'm not a scientist, so I won't get on my depth for that. But um, yeah, it's, there's something else. And this thing I yeah. just called the force, the force that turns energy into matter. Yeah. There, is the, there was a transmission received to Dr. King through a Saturnian, which is a very high, which is the, uh, the eighth freedom is you're very highly evolved when you're a Saturnian. And uh, yeah, it was called the one energy. And there is only one energy in the universe. This energy has many octaves of manifestation. It's the same energy that goes through the sun, makes the heart of small man beat. And so it's it's kind of lit. It's this metabolization of energy. So the sun takes the energy from the central sun of the galaxy, which takes its energy from, uh, you know, even how, there's energy is everywhere. And then, you know, oh. the plant, the plants take the energy from the sun and then they break it down and, you know, everything, we're all metabolizing energy as we metabolize truth. And I think that's, well, well, that, that's another thing that's uh, being challenged scientifically. Um, uh, as I said, Jamal Shreer, the astrophysicist I mentioned, he's 100% convinced that our sun draws its energy from outside sources. And that goes along with oh, really? theory. That goes along with a theory called uh, the electric universe. Uh, have you, are you familiar with them? No, no. Um, okay. They're, they're, Website is Thunderbolts, and I don't think it's Thunderbolts.com. I think it's Thunderbolts.info. What that be right? Um, Thunderbolts.info, or maybe it's .info.com. You're looking up as we speak, are you? Yeah. Um, Thunderbolts Info. The Thunderbolts Project, yeah. The Thunderbolts yeah. Project, yeah. Okay. Uh, one, of the, one of the guys, Walt Thornhill, who was uh, instrumental in that, just, he was an Australian just last way, he was getting a bit elderly. But uh, Jamal Shreer has a bit of a difference with them. He doesn't agree with everything they say, but, but they all believe that all the, all the stars are connected electronically. So we look at them as a box in the sky, whereas they're proposing there's a scaffold out there that they're actually perhaps all joined. Uh, there's a pattern that we don't see with our naked eye. Oh. Uh, and uh, and it could well be, I think it's mentioned in the theory, it's that there's a central sun perhaps any energy, but rather than rather than considering every star just to be an independent body on its own, uh, I, I, I'm just jotting down notes as we talk too. I know you can't see. I, by the way, I just came across that author I was trying to think of was Zechariah Sitchin uh, when I was talking about the twelfth planet. He he was sort of he wrote about the twelfth planet. Zechariah Sitchin. S I T C H I N. Zechariah Sitchin. Yeah, so, uh, mm. yeah, I, I just, quite often, I, I have a good fortune in bookstores. Sometimes, I, I, and I went to the bookstore in Bangkok, I might have been booked to jump out at the end, uh, I ended up reading the whole series. But yeah. uh, he also passed away in the last couple of years, but uh, he took his, not so much from the Hebrew Bible as from the Sumerians, 
um, the epic of Gilgamesh, and um, and that goes back to what you were talking about before. Marduk, that the planet. Uh, so I think you'd find what in common with his writings, but uh, he claims to have been able to translate the Sumerian tablets. And not all scientists agree with his translations, but he's certainly done a good job of some picking up information. Uh, can, can I just pick up, uh, as I'm making notes, I thought you, you just mentioned Saturn before, and I noticed that in, in um, George King's writings. You're probably aware of this gentleman in England called David Icke. You, you would know oh, yeah. about him. Yep, yep. Now, he sort of pinpoints that as being the place where the bad stuff comes from, uh, and almost equating the word Saturn with Satan in some ways. Oh, um, but, but, they're, but they're sending out all the bad parts who are controlling us from there. So, uh, but I, I don't feel that intuitively myself. I mean, it's very interesting that planet Saturn as, as our moons. Um, but just so I throw that in the mix as well, that uh, yeah. that's good <laughs> things. That I, I tend to just read his stuff online. I, I haven't really plowed through any of his books because uh, they're rather large volumes. And I think you'd have to really be tuned in his way before yeah, you know, yeah. through them. Yeah. yeah. It's so difficult to navigate. I mean, uh, I've, I've just really stuck to the teachings of the theory society because there's a because there's so many i mean dr king gave sermons every sunday he gave lectures you know there's many books so there's yeah. that there's thousands of hours of material i haven't got time and also because yeah it's the most it's the teaching for the new age it's uh it's a it fits it's into the it, it follows the um it fits in with the ancient teachings you know the yep the the ancient Vedic teachings and it's and through theosophy, um, and it you know follows on from that tradition, but get more updated. So, you know, I I get really confused if I go off track and read other things and um, yeah. Well, I, I I'm perhaps guilty of having participated in too many different conferences and groups, uh, but just jotting down a few of them this morning, I I was trying to see what parallels I might draw with the theories and. That does, if I'm not mistaken, George King did believe there was uh, there's going to be a change in frequency coming coming on planet Earth before too long. Am I right? Yeah. And, yeah. yeah now yeah. I, I've I've attended a few years in a row. I attended the Cosmic Consciousness Conference, uh, which was held in Uluru, or used to be called Bears Rock in the centre of Australia. Oh. Uh, those people who conduct that have now moved off and out to um, uh, not Lord Howe Island, but uh, the other one of the coast where, where, where mutiny on the bounty took place. Hmm. Um, uh, I've been to the paradigm ship conferences. I've followed a father and son called Stephen and Evan Strong, who were very involved with their Aboriginal Dreamtime connections with uh, UFOs. Uh, a lady called Valerie Barrow, who used to cha channel beings from other areas. Now, Valerie's passed away last year. She was like in her late 80s, but she and I got on very well and I used to connect with her at conferences. Sure. That all these people, oh, and particularly Stephen Strong, uh, and oh, there I'll throw Michael Sala, it's a double L A. If you haven't heard of him, he has a, a website called Inside Politics, uh, and I think a lot of his stuff would gel with the serious, mm. except uh, he doesn't have any particular teachings. He just trying to, yeah. If you look at exopolitics.org, could you send these, to, and I put them in the show notes because I'm sure there's people scrambling around for a pen now, and uh, sure, I am, sure, I am sure, one I of those. So maybe you could just the links. yeah, send me a little yeah. list, and I'll put it in the show notes. So if, so anyone, anyone listening to this, just relax. 
I'll put them all, all everything is mentioned in the show notes. Um, because uh, can, can I do that after we're finished talking? Not... Yeah. Oh, yeah. After we do. No, so I don't have to multitask right now. Not sure. No, no, okay. no. Well, the ones I would do, um, well, the, the one I didn't really mention was the, the Nexus. I'm sure you're familiar with Nexus Magazine in the UK. <laughs> Nexus Magazine Australia is run by Duncan Rhodes. And I went there to his for the Secret History of Australia conferences. That may not be of so much interest, but Cosmic Consciousness, Paradigm Shift, Stephen Levin mm-hmm. Strong, and that, uh, they've got their own site. Valerie uh, Barrow's site is still buying, Cosology. I'll give you all those. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Um, Thank you. And then, then you'll know how confused I've been putting out the last few years. Oh, I, I, just, well, just it, you know, I mean, really, I, I'm like, maybe my karma's different to yours, but I got very lucky in that I, uh, I came to the society and they, they explain it very clearly because with theosophy, just as an example of a, a well-established, yes, uh, yeah. the, I don't know if you read the secret doctrines or anything like that. Uh, but by, by, um, Adam um, Blavatsky, but Blavatsky, yeah, yep. Um, um, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I bought a book which I thought was it but there had to be a book about it um, mm. but yes I'm quite familiar with her and Alice Bailey and and uh, mm. you have the masters I've got several books here that's on the masters sorry I interrupted you Come on. no well they're very it's very a lot of it's very opaque it's very you know it's very difficult to understand it takes a lifetime of study but with the it's because these are the end. Because this is the end of days. Because we've, I don't know, maybe a thousand years left or something like that. I have no idea of a time frame. I don't want to. I don't want to say yeah. that Dr. King didn't give specifics because it all depends on karma, um, the karma of humanity, which is a very fluid thing. Because after the, the ionosphere is coming down, according to the teachings, and that's going to change the Earth, uh, because yeah. after after Lemurius was destroyed uh, the ionosphere was put in place and then after atlantis the uh the catastrophe of atlantis the uh, ionosphere was strengthened so we've got less and less energy from the sun so we have less and less psychic abilities we're less we because every time you fail you have to go back a classroom so you have to go down you have to go down a little steps to, to come back up so every time we go down we go down a bit further so that when we come up next time we hope we get hopefully we get it right um and so that's why the ionosphere is there but it's got to come down because because we're holding up the evolution of the mother earth and so then we go to another world with which which help give us more time because everyone had needs t- some people need more time in a classroom and i i just read that this afternoon coincidentally um on some material you had sent me and that occurs with cosmology in as much as that we should be bending streaming to the sun, and I think George King said it's not that the sun needs it, but we ought to be doing it. And Coastology is very much about that too. When when they have their open air services there on the top of the mountains in the Sierra Nevada, they're projecting to the sun. Or, and certainly no harm. I, I can't see there's any harm in doing it, even if you're not quite uh, convinced of it. Um, another thing I just, while I was going through my magazine, I'm not sure which. My article to read in New York. Well, I picked up one. Uh, they asked me to write a side article to Robert Scosh. Now, I'm sure you've heard of Robert Scosh, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. S C H O C H. Well, he, okay, he wrote an article. He, he's done, he's written books on documentaries. 
but his wife, and I think his wife's name might be Katie. It doesn't really matter what her name is. Um, but together they wrote this thing now, which was a lead article, that special issue of New Dawn, is our son conscious? And then New Dawn asked me just to do a bit of a write-up about sun worship throughout history to go on with it. But one of the things that they mentioned why they considered the scar, and he's quite scientific, is, is a PhD. Um, one of the reasons he considers the sun could be conscious is that some of the most volatile things that could wipe out the earth, some of, some of our um, sunbursts, um, could be wiping us out if they're pointing at earth, but they're quite often pointing away from us. And uh, he's, they sort of came to the conclusion, well, Except that happens too often just to be coincidence, but um, um, those electromagnetic outbursts could be pointed away just to avoid wiping us out. Uh, and again, that's not conjecture, but uh, I like when scientific people think about these things and the fact some could be conscious as people now, including the Earth, might well be conscious here. Yeah, it's definitely conscious in the in the teachings. The Master Jesus came back to give his to give his updated teachings um, for the cosmic age, because obviously he'd done, if he'd done it first time around, they, people wouldn't have got the ideas. But uh, and that's and then the nine freedoms explains how we go from um, our something. One of the most interesting things I learned from the society is this this spiritual evolution, because you know I've understood from Buddhism that you know once you become a Buddha, you don't have you're not reborn. You've you've exactly, merged back, yeah. you mm -hmm. back with God wham bam you've 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 graduated but that's really only one turn of the wheel and then you go in enlightenment cosmic consciousness ascension then once you're at, you go through an initiation of ascension you don't you don't go through um, reincarnation but you still go through incarnation so it's not you can decide your birth not in through this this compulsory reincarnation where we forget our past lives but you go into incarnation then you go into interplanetary existence Saturnian existence then you can live on the sun and then after that we're not told but it's inferred that you evolve into greater and greater beings merging your consciousness with others to form greater and greater beings earth is a living being form planets planets evolve into into suns suns evolve into uh you know the galaxy is the great is a living being yeah and this, so there's this evolution, and it kind of makes more sense that eventually you go back to God, because it's 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 a it's a whole lifetime of one long multi-life evolution. And and it occurs to me that um, Jesus didn't talk openly about reincarnation, although people have well, he did apparently. This, yeah, yeah, he did. Yes, yeah, taken taken out of the Bible. Yeah. Yes, yes, you're right. There, I'm not quoting verses, but people have picked up. Have somebody said? what's this man done wrong? And he said, well, it could have been something he did before he was born. But it occurs to me that perhaps he didn't preach about it because that wasn't the main goal to keep reincarnating. Um, and I think some of my friends who talk about reincarnation sort of almost look forward to their next incarnation, particularly some mm. of my Buddhist friends in Thailand. I said, well, to me, that's not the goal is to come back here nice. again. Uh, the goal is to an end to the cycle and, and move on. So, um, uh, that that would make sense, I think. But um, yeah, well, look, uh, t time is slipping away as it normally does when I start talking. Uh, 
I, I'm just trying to think of a, a couple of other things that I was going to bring up with you. Um, well, one I particularly liked that I read from the Ethereum was the Book of Records. And um, now I don't know if I read on further why find uh, the word, um, what, 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 or, gee, I'm having one of those days today with mental blocks. But what's, 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 uh, uh, or Indian word for when the, the records are. Um, Akashic records? Yeah, Akash, sorry. Thank you for that. I, I have days like this where I just metal box. I have just turned 70. Uh, forgive me. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, the Akasha seems to me to be uh, that, that hall of records. And pe people worry about what you've done in the past and karma. So maybe it's true you can't go back and change what you've done in the past. And I think props calibrate it, bringing new treatments and fill it. Uh, it's, part, it's part of your story, what, whatever has gone on in your life. So now the book of records, uh, yeah, if, is that the same thing as the culture? Some people talk about the culture as being the stuff the universe is made of, like the ether. So again, there's some terminology here, but uh, I, know, I, I just came across his mention of that. Um, I think I, it's I, I think I, it's stored everywhere. I think you've got the Akashic records, which is you can read once you, um, yeah, once you've. That's the kind of that's kind of the consciousness of the earth. I think I'm, I'm not sure, but um, but I know your subconscious. Um, I heard you. I, I you talked about the overself in one of your articles. I think I remember. I, I did, and that's that's a term I got from Paul Brunton. Not that yeah, because I, I like that term particularly. It appeals to me. Yeah. With, yeah, they talk about the exact same thing. You have a higher self, which is your, you know, your super conscious. You also have a supra conscious, which is unmanifested, but that's yeah. a lot more. And then you have our conscious mind, which I'm talking to you with now, this idiot. And there's your subconscious, which remembers all of your past lives. And, you know, you have all the information right in you, you know. And so, and when you, you judge yourself between, your higher self judges you between between lives and it chooses your next incarnation based on the the lessons that you need to learn so yeah, you don't even need the probably the, i don't even we're talking about way above my pay grade but i don't even think you even need the akashic records because you have everything you are a miniature of the universe you know you the atoms in your body are, are okay. based on a model on the solar system for a reason you know they, it's you are you are a microcosm you have everything you know i, I follow that line of reasoning yes yes that's self-taught sound yeah um, I, I remember which of my articles you might have read in New Dawn magazine. I think a few of them, yeah, yeah. But I, know, I mentioned to you in one of our earlier emails a while ago that I particularly wrote, uh, well, they asked me to, uh, New Dawn said, would you write about the esoteric legacy of Australia? And so, so a lot of those things I mentioned to you before, and I will send you the links to them, they may not be of much interest to your friends overseas because a lot of them are to do with Australia. And you just mentioned before at the groups like uh, Alice Bailey, but so you probably know the name Charles Ledbetter. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe not. But so I think he, he was a theosophist. And I wrote a story not about theosophy per se, but about a place in the Sydney called the Manor, which is still owned by the theosophists. And they came there about 100 years ago. And um, Charles Ledbetter declared that Australia was to be a special place. And for me, that sort of clicked because of something like the same time I was like, no, 
right? It was to be the special place. There would be a, a cataclysm or what he called a cleansing of the sanctuary. Mm. Then Australia would be this, this, this focus of the new world. Now, again, this guy who told me when I was young expected to happen in the last century and didn't. Um, and you just meant to be called Gates. I agree. My good friend in Coastology in America, I talk about this sometimes, that a very fraught exercise to be predicting facts. You can very easily make a fool of yourself. Uh, and people do. Yeah. They say this, you know, planet X is going to appear in the solid system next year and three years go by and nothing happens. Uh, yeah, so we really don't want to be putting dates, but uh, the other things, as you said, can be deferred for different reasons to come more, more forward, perhaps. Uh, but there is, there is a common theme among all those groups I talked to that there will be a change in frequency and change will be in a period of ascension, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Which city uh, are you well, in? What city? Well, technically, the Gold Coast is a city, but I'm only about an hour's drive from Brisbane. So uh, oh. so Brisbane was my home base when I was working. And the uh, Gold Coast is where it's full of retirees and holiday makers. That's true. <laughs> I've been through there. It's a lovely area, yeah. But we do um, have a we do have a group in Brisbane, so you could always. I I, I did look and I found them. I think there is a Mount Albany. There's one of the suburbs of Brisbane. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Meg, Megan, there. I'm in contact with her regularly, and she's a, a lovely lady, and she uh, okay. she could fill you in a lot more than I can. And okay. Well, what, will she be listening to this podcast? Is that what? Yeah, I can. I, should... I can send oh, yeah. it to her, and I'll put you in touch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Um. So what I was just going to mention, one of those articles I wrote, All New Dawn, the things that took place about 100 years ago, which is interestingly about the time George King was born. But if you go back to that time, that's when theosophy was blooming. Um, so many different things I've found about that period before World War I, you know, between the, is that the Edwardian period? I, I think it is. Um, by, like when Ouija boards were becoming big in America, Theosophy was taking over. The New Thought movement was taking on in America, uh, and a lot of those people were coming out to Australia, like Vivian Deacon, George Leadbeater, uh, and they were bringing those ideas with them. So Sydney and Melbourne were quite were quite good places to be at that time. And and uh, before we had modern technology, of course, they were going to their local council halls or wherever, giving talks on Sunday nights. Uh, so, so as I delved in, and I'm glad they asked me to write about that period. It was just a very fascinating period in Australian history and, of course, in the UK and, and, and the USA as well. Yeah, there were all these psychic institutes in England as well. And it seemed that we, we went, to, you take two steps forward and then one step back. I think there's all these, the, there's people pushing back now from the, from the uh, shall we say, the dark forces who really want us to keep, want to keep the veil over our head, over our eyes and... Uh, yeah, they do yeah, make advances. It's, it's, it's a tug of war. When I, it's easy when I get caught up with these groups. So I say get caught up when I attend conferences that you think the whole world is changing, the whole world is ascending because yeah. you, you're with <laughs> those kind of people. Right, But right. Uh, you go back home, turn on the television, write in the newspaper, and you realize, no, nearly 90% of the world is not into this stuff at all. Um, so what becomes of them, I don't know, but I you can't spend their time worrying about people who are not ready for it. So, well, I've heard, I've yeah. heard that when, when people visit this world from other worlds and they, you know, they flick through the realms, you can see, understand instantly the karma of the earth because the lower realms are much more heavily populated than the higher realms. There's a lot more real estate up there than 
below. Well, okay. Now, here's another lady I better put on my list. I'm running out of paper here. Uh, Mary Rodwell is an Australian lady you may not have heard of. Um, I just can't remember the name of her website, but I'll find it and put on the links. But uh, she talked about, um, well, I think it originally began for what they called indigo children or, or dark children. But uh, I, I was talking to her at a conference, not while she was on stage, but uh, now I have a cup of tea. And I said, how can it be that people have come incarnated here from other solar systems, even other galaxies, because there's a particular rhythm on planet Earth. We have this rhythm of day and night, and not just day and night, but just uh, the moon. If the moon wasn't where it exactly is, so we didn't have the tides, we didn't have, it would be very hard to come from a planet that was totally different to that um, and incarnate in this planet. I think the moon has a very strong, not obviously it has a strong influence on Earth, uh, but uh, so, so her idea is, and this is what she talks about a lot, is that so many kids being born with ADD and uh, autism or whatever because they, they've incarnated from another place and, and that's, that's the problems they have. So uh, she's, she'd be worth your listeners investigating her work. Um, she gives a lot of talks. That I think Michael Sala had her over in America talking recently. But um, uh, she interviews, she does a lot of interviews with people. Uh, and she's, she talks to kids who have very clear experiences of being in other places, um, not other places, not just Saturn or Jupiter, maybe other, other solar systems, some, some from other planets. So, um, yeah, uh, again, some, some of this stuff can be hard for people to accept, but. Um, uh, people are interested in exploring her work. Yeah, maybe I don't can't comment on her work, but I just know from the teachings of the society that to incarnate on this earth is very difficult. It takes because of the our karmic situation. We we is it takes for example Jesus or to incarnate. You had to prepare his mother, his grandmother. He had to be. You have to be prepared. The whole and lots of karmic manipulation. People have to take on karma. And then you have to prepare them because to, to give birth to an interplanetary being takes on, you have to be a purified channel. Um, yeah, it's not easy. Uh, well, many people are claiming to be star seeds and things like that, but I think you can't interfere with the karma of the earth in that way. You know, we are at this level, um, and to come down to this level to serve, to serve you is a very rare thing. There are not many planetary ones incarnating. Uh, in the earth. Yeah. Uh, I I was sent a book from an author in America. In fact, I'll just look up what we're talking now. Uh, that would be just mentioned about Mary preparing to bring Jesus sure. into the world. Uh, are, you, are we talking about the same thing here? Yeah, but, yeah. And also because there's, you're so great when you come from another world. You're a Jesus. You're a Buddha. You're a George King. You know, these people come every couple of thousand years. You know, people, you don't, you know, you're not. You're not a schmuck going through, you know, it's like when you're ready to, people say, I'm on my last life, you know. Okay, if you're, you've run a hugely successful company, you're a millionaire, you've written hundreds of books, you're, you're a mathematical genius, you compose sonnets, you know. Okay, then maybe you're, you're ready to, it's, it's this, when you're raising of consciousness and you, the, 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 you know, the concept of these, a master coming from another world, they're, they're a, they're not a god, but they're, they're, there are gods to us, you know, this, I mean, the intelligence of Jesus and the abilities, I mean, 
it's just beyond you know you're not all these people pretending to be saying they're star seeds it's, yeah it's yes yes that, that's become a bit of a thing evaluating yeah, i'll just mention i'll just mention this book to you now because i wrote it in front of me it's called the mystery tradition of miraculous conception mm. and the author wait what's his name what we now defined here into a name uh, by Marguerite Mary Rigolioso. There's a good Italian name for you. Um, <laughs> put it in the put it in the show notes. Put it, put it, yeah, okay. We'll we'll put that in as well. Yeah. I mean, Dr. King, he 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 was in a small village in England and he he upset the teacher because they had this um they had this metal iron bar that's uh they use for measuring things, you know, it's because it never changes shape, you know, it's a solid. And he, as a young child, he bent it. I mean, just because he had the, the could use the mind over matter, or uh, you know, they're performing miracles as throughout their life. You know, you look at Jesus, the story of Jesus. These, yeah, you know, it's these super, super supermen. You know, in fact, I probably think this, the film Superman was probably has an elements of truth in it. You know. So. Uh, yeah, yes, I, I, I wonder about a lot of things that come out of Hollywood, um, yeah. as I should even just have saying, of course, be with you, right? I, 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 yeah, but, uh, it's a lot of truth. So, all so, of, you know. so really, if, if, if we can bring that around in, in the circle back to what we talked about earlier about people being from higher dimensions, higher frequencies, or... Yeah, it could be from higher, something... higher realms, I'm sure. You know, you come back yeah, and this is, you uh, think you're... You 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 you're walking around in the in the slime here. You you could be forgiven for thinking you. Uh, but well, well, that, what occurs to me is that Hollywood. Some people think it is being used to help prepare us. Mm. Right now, most people I read online in the USA are preparing for what that, including Michael Sala, they preparing for what they call disclosure. They believe that the U.S. government is very soon going to come out and out everything they know about ETs and UFOs mm. and. I believe one of the reasons they haven't done so already, it's not because the world panic. I think most people in the world now, if you were told um, some flesh and blood aliens had landed on the White House lawn, you'd probably say, oh, well, we were expecting that. But if you yeah. found there were from other dimensions, and they could have been right alongside you all the time. Um, yeah, yeah. Again, instead of pigeonholing this thing as ghosts, uh, this thing as other dimensions, this is UFOs, if it all tied in together that we find people are here and they are influencing governments, um, that that would be a fairly big thing for a lot of people to swallow. So um, we'll see. We'll see what the American government does well, in the future. But yeah, yeah. I think it's the the government, the dark forces in the lower realms. Are, they have a, they are the ones who are, you know, we have to worry about. And that's uh, and also just to say that uh, in the society we 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 want to delay the. As much as we we pray that it's as late as possible, the, the this this quickening because it gives more and more people a chance to to evolve in that time. If it, if it, if the change happens tomorrow, it's going to be a, a a lot less people going forward than potentially it could be. So. Well, that's one thing. This uh, gentleman Stephen Strong, I've been to the part in town, Stephen Levin, He says whenever he gives a talk, uh, you really need to get on board now. You can't really wait. For this event, and I've written articles about what they call the event in the inverted commas, but mm. can't wait till it happens and say, oh, oh, okay, I think I'll change now. You really, uh, yeah, you really need to be prepared and, and uh, working towards ascension. Um, 
Perhaps well, they they say that a, just... they, yeah they say that a new master will come. There will be a new, but he will come in full aspect. So he will have he won't be born through the womb of a woman. He will come in full aspect and land openly yeah. and and okay, then. Okay, now just will... so before we run out, I completely on now stretch it. I did want to ask because when you first mentioned if there is, I thought I was going to mention whether, but what I thought I'd read some years ago was that George King had identified someone who was already on the planet. Um, who, who would be the new avatar or the new no, master? So no. now I'm so I am confusing with something else. That's all right. I thought I'd just ask you. So I'll, yeah, um, yeah. I'm confused with a different organization. Yeah, yeah. No, the the, the master of theories. He was a. He we don't know who he was. He was a, just a. He but he was he is an interplanetary being. I think from from Venus as well. Or but he's just a communicator. He hasn't. Um, so Doctor King, he was the voice. He was he was an interplanetary being, he incarnated here, um, but yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't the, it wasn't that it was the master for the Aquarian age. Jesus was the master for the Piscean age. You know, this is the idea of how how few times these interplanetary beings come along. So yeah, yeah. So it was interesting to read George King talk in 1959 about the where most of us didn't really get into it for the 60s. Um, yeah, when they started singing that song, "The Age of Aquarius." Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, so he was he was a little ahead, right? Heads was off game right there. Yeah, well, it's so much. I mean, to be doing yoga, because he he raised Kundalini. He sent he 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 became enlightened in London. You know, he wasn't even in India. He he did it all himself in London doing these practices. So, but yeah, I think we're running out of time here. So, yeah, indeed. I would so, love to um, keep checking. I'd love to to have you on again. But, well, I, I, what I might do next time in June is a different computer case that's responsible yeah. for my uh, strange photography going on today. Yeah, I want to see you. People want to see you. It, it, it could be because when, when I was cycling myself up this afternoon, I'm generating my energy for the camera. <laughs> yeah, but if you send, right, me those, well, send me all those links and all that stuff, those people you mentioned, because I'm looking for more guests for the show. And that okay. sounds like I've struck a gold mine with you, so... Oh, yes, yes. Well, there's people you can talk to for sure, yeah. Uh, so when I give you the links, I might give you some people's individual names as well, yeah. All right. Yeah. Brilliant. So, Thanks, Paul. Do you want me to do that straight away, or can I go and have my dinner now? Because it is <laughs> 7 p.m. <laughs> yeah, in these coming days, no worries, mate. I'll, I'm going to put the episode online quite yeah, at the end of the week. So. I'll, I'll, I'll do that by tomorrow morning. Okay, well, again, apologies for the video. Um, and thank you very much for having me on. And uh I hope, hope the listeners got something out of uh, all my ravelings today. No, definitely. A really great chat. Okay, Jack. All right, all right. mate. Thanks. I'm talking again. Good night. Bye. <laughs> Bye.